Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Long Box Podcast presented by Plus Waco Comics and Rogue Media Network. Hey, you got the intro right this I, time. I did, I did. Yeah, I guess we're weekly now. Yeah. Your weekly info, not dump because we don't do everything. Yeah. But your weekly uh, clue in to comic news. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good here. All right. Mondo, this, what you got? This ice cream is wonderful. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> to Mr. Burns. <laughs> the wonderful... Wonder Who likes Man? ice cream? Everybody. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's from like the movie and one of her books. This ice cream is wonderful. Yeah. You should uh, like. It's like there's more to it. It's like thanks you should. To, yeah, yeah. Thanks to the. It, it's like what person. she tries like Wonder. Uh, ice cream like for ice, the first yeah, time. Yeah, ice cream for the first time. Wow. That was. That was a wonderful deep cut, deep cut, deep dive. Before we get into our episode, y'all, we need to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Uh, let's give a shout out to LaSalle Shops located in the Bell. Sorry, located in a historic. Uh, bro, Waco he area. was about to put her in Bell wow. Mead, bro. I was about to say oh, Bell Mead, but wow. that's okay. The LaSalle Shops located in Waco, Texas are a historic shop lo- locally owned and operated a boutique and thrift store that is home to over 200 vendors providing shops a vast library of collectibles, furniture, home goods, books, and more. Make sure you head on over there, find some collectibles, find something that you like. Neat and wonderful place. I love it. Absolutely. I heard it's haunted, too. Yeah. Yeah. We're, so, we're in that month. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're just looking over. I'm glossing over it, and I'm already playing Christmas music, so fuck <laughs> yes. y'all. Me too. Fuck Me too. all y'all. So, so a little side note. We're, you guys are going to get this episode <laughs> first in, uh, in October, so if you guys are into spooky stuff, make sure you guys head over to the Saul Shop. Also, and ask the owners at the front desk uh, about, about their the, hauntings. About yeah. the hauntings. It's yeah. a really yeah. cool story. It's, it is a really cool story. Right, let's let's jump into some news into the episode, y'all. Right, we had this one really cool piece of news. NYCC, New York Comic Con happened this weekend. Some Boom. of the news that came out of it was uh, a redirection, soft relaunch of yeah. the Superman stories, the books, and mm-hmm. all the characters related to like a super family. The super family. Super family, mm-hmm. yeah. So it involves Clark Kent Superman, John Kent Superman, Connor Kent Superman, Kara Zor-El, Supergirl. Natasha Irons. Natasha Irons, the new Steel? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, what is... Uh, Superman. Superman, but what's his name? Kong. Kong, Kong. Kong Lee, I think. He's the Asian, right? The Asian. Yeah, the Chinese Superman. Yep. Cool, man. And then, then we have these two twins. They introduced not... twins. They didn't give them a name yet. Okay, so okay. I guess we have to read the story, Joey. I'm just saying. Stop asking for like things. One has a red S, one has a blue S. So this is crazy news to you, that they're they're redirecting the. I got kind of excited when they announced um, John. Is it John Kent? Mm-hmm. That's his son, right? Yeah, because yep. he was. I that Justice League story kind of just trailed off, right? Like when they first launched the whole new Justice the 5G. League. Yeah, it's like, and I was kind of digging that so far. So this is supposed to be like what a, a whole redirection of 
Just the Superman stories or more of the... I think just the Superman story. Well, okay. okay, so it might be affecting the entire DC line wide. Um, because the last year and a half, Superman proper, Clark Kent, has been off planet. And it's been John Kent as Superman. He's been acting as Superman. And um, now Clark Kent has returned. Um, and, you know, you have all these super beings around. Uh, trying to trying to fill his shoes and really no one can, mm-hmm. you know, try as you might, but they're all, if, if their name isn't Clark Kent, it's going to be a little hard because that's right next to Spider-Man. He's the most recognizable character yeah. in the world. Not just, not just here in Waco or in America mm-hmm. or North America. In the world, you can show that S anywhere, yeah, and automatically people know who that is. Mm-hmm. So he's probably. I think he's ranked like number one. Like I think right? he's number two. Number two he fell to number two behind Spider Man. Oh yeah. no way! Yeah. that's crazy. Because man, that's I mean, what I was saying. Like next to Spider Man, dang, that's wild. But uh, part of the soft relaunch. Mm-hmm. Uniforms. Wow. They've redone uniforms. John Kent had a cape. Now he no longer has a cape. Yikes. Supergirl had a cape. Now she no longer has a cape. That's yeah, they have like these biker jacket looking the things. Superman from China had a cape and now he no longer has a cape. Natasha Irons, does she have a cape? No, she never had a cape. Okay, she good. just had straight armor. Yeah. Okay. Well, her uncle, John Henry Irons, had a cape. Yeah, he did. Which made no sense at all. But oh, he yes. looked badass. <laughs> and now now that you mentioned it, if anyone was going to have a cape on this whole other roster, it should have been Natasha Irons. They get, I'm still pissed off at this. They gave I her think, a crop top hoodie. I think Joey, I think Joey, man, racist. The uh, black man uh, has a cape because what? He's a pimp. Oh, oh damn. It's not a good look, Joseph. Wow. It's not a good look. Get him. Stop stereotyping. Get him, internet. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel Joey Gonzalez. Steel with a red cape is iconic. Steel Just, with a red dude, cape Steel is was, dumb. Oh, my it was gosh. Great. It was no. cool. It was cool. Why do you think it was cool? Uh, if I if I remember correctly, in the death of Superman, the red cape was actually a piece of cloth that was important to John Henry Irons, the same way that the red cape was important to Superman whenever he came to Earth. I think that sh- that shit's cool. It's a lot of nostalgia going on yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Speaking of nostalgia, not enough logic. Colored glasses. That dude had, like Danny said in the chat, he had like his mouth showing on. It doesn't the, make sense. It's okay. Like none of that makes sense. Dude. <laughs> none of that makes hammer. Sense. He had a separate hammer, dude. Yeah. You see them big ass boots? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> them big ass boots, bro. Did you not watch his movie? It looked. It looked like he was wearing bell bottoms. Again, watch? another not good look, Joey. <laughs> not a good look. God damn it. This dude stepped straight out of the 70s. Oh, man. You wild, Joey. The movie Steel with Shaq. Yeah, that, <laughs> God, oh, that was trash. Joey was probably all about it, man. He was. You know he was. You know he rented it every week, bro. That's why you can didn't never even know go. Shaq, didn't even know Shaq was a basketball player. Just oh, was like, yo, this sh- guy's the greatest actor. Kazan, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He's a wizard, too. <laughs> Mom, I need these for Christmas. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so back, back to these okay. suits. Back to these suits. No, they've removed the the capes, Stupid. except for Clark, and they've replaced them with what? 
jacket. Motor jo- motorcycle jacket. Yeah, John. Uh, jacket. The only person who should be wearing a jacket is Connor. Yeah, yeah. Because he, that's, that's his, his uniform. Yes. They gave him his old look, the exact same look, especially his little pouch. Yeah, which I don't even know what his what hip it has. pouch or whatever. It's uh, got uh, super vitamins or something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a set of clippers to keep his uh, fade fresh. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, I, I, Connor looks just like John, and John looks just like Kong. Like they, those, yeah, they're all three those of them three. exactly well, the same. Well, that might be uh, the artist's rendition. that Because, uh, you know, you're drawing at a certain scale. It's hard to get faces. Mm. Especially John and Connor, because technically... They're both like John is Superman's son and Connor is from Superman's right. DNA. Right. So Kryptonian DNA is strong, bro. For real, dude. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think Superman uses for condoms, man? Does he use condoms? What's isn't this an argument from like a movie? Somebody said like kryptonite lace condom, <laughs> but that would kill him. Like, uh, <laughs> We're on the wrong podcast. Yeah, but Jack is this man. is this uh, the public affair? <laughs> public affair and shout out Andrew G. Shout out Andrew G. <laughs> I, I do want to say that it's it's really neat that you know Connor mm-hmm. has his callback to his classic suit, but also John is having his own callback uh. to the Superman red. Sorry, the Superman blue. Uh, from I don't know was it from Grant Morrison I don't know who was responsible yeah Grant yeah no the, I think no. uh, Dan Jurgens okay. oh yes and and you showed me this little uh, this like uh, this uh, explainer thing but it was like a, a translated from Italian I couldn't really oh, no no it was in English but the Italian messed up instead of saying Superman it said Iron Man okay mm. but the rest of it made sense as long as you were able to transpose Superman for Iron Man. But it's, it's really cool, man, because like, I don't really ever pay attention to whenever they do these, uh, uh, like, the, the, the con releases and things like that, the exclusive, the first bits of news and all that. I, they they did a really good job this time around. I'm, a pre- I'm probably do this all the time, but of making me ask a lot of questions just off of these few little images that we have. Like, I, I have no idea what's going on. It looks like there's, like, a Superman. There's core. a reason why they do that. And I think it's so that you will buy and then subsequently read maybe the book. Maybe. Is that what's for comics or for? I, I, I don't think know. So I'm not sure. Um, you know, teasers, uh, ads, just putting them out there. Like, because I just feel like if you knew the whole story, like, why go get it? Yeah. Like, are y'all shitting on me because I didn't? I'm still asking the damn questions. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I want to know the uniforms. Okay. There's a way to solve that. Call want to know thing. <laughs> it's called going to your local comic book shop and picking up the books when they come out. Good plug. Good plug. <laughs> See, but your I, local stores. Yeah, but like, no, like it, they did do a good job of of like presenting it that way. But also, like, man, dude, jackets, like, dude, I hate that shit. Like, Me too. So, we 90s about Avengers we, all yeah, over Yeah, we mentioned it last time. The 90s Avengers were trash. Everybody had a jacket. Cap had a jacket. Black Knight even had a lightsaber with a jacket. Dude, Hercules. Hercules had, like, his normal, like, whatever he chest plate thing, but with a jacket. Yeah. And then it was, like, clean shit. Like, dude, what are y'all doing, man? Like, I get the whole, like, we want to Did they give like, Giant Man a jacket? It was just, like, big, <laughs> his big, big ass jacket and shit. <laughs> Crystal, like oh my god, dude. and that and that lineup was just trash. it was trash, dude. They had Crystal, Hercules, Cersei, Cersei from the Eternals, uh, Black Knight. Oh god, was it White Vision? Yeah, it was White Vision, dude. Remember, was so trash. And I was saying they were fighting, White Vision. dude. And then they were, <laughs> and then they were like going to fight like the Mole Man, like they fight like the Mole people, no more, like. The whole issue was just them, like, mo- like I remember I hated it because every panel was just, like, 
there's supposed to be like thousands of mole people and they were like oh, this is so boring each they're just underground fighting this shit like so boring yeah dude. so but yeah, yeah j- superman everyone has a jacket except yeah. for superman so whatever i don't know that's we'll, what we're we'll, doing we'll read the books yeah, yeah. And, and see where this goes mm-hmm. so and and with that being said it's time for a break oh yeah 911 what's your emergency do you hear that it's coming from the house it's coming from inside the house uh, do you mean could it be the bolter house new from rogue media two haunted hotties talking about haunted places every episode we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history we're getting spooky in all the right places You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> Welcome back to the Longbox Podcast. Before we jump back into the episode, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Skate Waco. Proudly part of the Waco sports and entertainment community for over 30 years with two facilities in town offering public roller skating sessions, birthday parties, roller hockey, roller derby, fitness classes, private lessons, and now... Weddings and quinceañeras. Find them at skatewaco.com or visit both Skate Country in Belmead or Skate World in Waco. You could be like, welcome back to the Long Bucks Podcast. This is episode presented by, and then read the ad. You don't have to be, before we get into it. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. you're right. We'll get there, we'll get there. I just got a note from our producer, Mason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, Superman condom argument came from Mallrats. Yeah, where it was Jason Lee's character uh, talking yeah. to the main character. I forget the main character's name, but he had a he had a pretty cool mullet. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout Thanks, out to Mason. Yeah. Shout Thanks, out. Mason. Hell yeah, Thanks, man. Mason, with the info. Info. Okay. All right. Today's episode. I tell. I think I tell everybody who wants to get started in comics or needs a book to read, like a book suggestion to read yeah. or whatever. Uh, even people like we had our local comic shop guy come up to us at one of the cons and was like, yeah, this guy wanted to talk to you guys, but he seemed like to to really be going through something and just kind of down or whatever. And I was like, oh, well then he needs to just read this book. He needs Mm -hmm. this book. I think 
will give him some clarity and open his eyes, you know, maybe, maybe a little, maybe help him out. I, I know I find it inspiring every time I crack yeah. it open every few months from, you know, from mm-hmm. time to time. And we're talking about all star Superman, Superman by Grant Morrison and Frank quietly, not quietly, quietly. That's a uh, Jenna's favorite artist, by the way, Jenna, Haas. Jenna, Haas. Shout out Jenna she Haas. loves Jenna Haas. She loves Frank quietly. <laughs> You know, menace to society. So we need to get her on. Shout the show. out to her. But uh, yeah, man, this uh, this book came out in uh, 2006 for 12 uh, episodes, not issues. They're stylized as episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, from okay. 2006 to 2008, and it's it's a fantastic read, man. It's uh, it's one of the first books that I remember really reading from start to finish, um, and even going back at it, it's all good. Even going back at it, you know, I, like Danny said, there's something that you can take from it, and in this one. Superman is dealing with his mortality and there's so many like, nods to that fact in the book Yeah, that, uh, you know, really, uh, really put things into a lot of different perspectives. Like mm-hmm. yeah. my favorite one that I didn't realize until, uh, like my, you know, I think probably today reading it again was, uh, the, the Sphinx's question whenever yeah. he mm-hmm. asked Superman, well, we'll, we'll get there, but whenever he asked Superman, uh, you know, the Sphinx's riddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, what happens when the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, and he says they surrender. And it didn't really. It took me to and today. I was like, wait a minute. So that's himself. You know, he is the unstoppable, or he is the immovable object, and the unstoppable force is death, or wh- whichever one you know trade it. And then he's like, they, he accepts it. You know, they surrender. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just the, the moment that. Oh, we'll, and I know, I know, you and I have had that discussion on the Sphinx's riddle. Mm-hmm. And I think it was at a moment where you were questioning a lot of stuff and trying to figure out how to juggle between one and two or three things. And I kind of tried to stop you to get you to think like what happens when, cause you had proposed like a bunch of different things and everything you were proposing, they were all like different things in motion. I'm like, but what happens when you have one that's an immovable object and one that's an irresistible force and you had the answer immediately, but you didn't understand what that answer meant. You know, it's like you said, they surrender, but there's a reason why they surrender because they realize that if they keep going at the pace that they're going, it's going to be futile regardless. So. Yeah. That was really deep. Yeah, no, I and this book is this 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 book I, is full of of depth of about uh, did, did. accepting death. Dude, yeah. when this book came out, so two thousand six, two thousand seven, my grandparents, both of my grandparents, my grandpa wasn't really into comics, but he loved that I loved to draw, and every time I go over there, he wanted me to draw Superman. Like, and I wasn't really big into Superman, but this book came out. Both of them were diagnosed with like terminal cancer, and they died within like a year of each other. So this dude was like, dude, every time I read this book, I ball because it's just it was so like I was kind of like in that moment with a person that I knew. My grandpa was the strongest person that I knew. Yeah. Like this dude was like they were poor. They lived from Marlin. They were country people, kind of like Clark Kent. And then that's why he liked Superman. And then in the same vein, like this person in comics that is so indestructible and invulnerable now has like a sense of weakness. And dude, it's just such a beautiful story. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great story. I tell, again, I just like, read it, read it. I'd, I'd love to tell people to read it. People who say, tell, come to me, 
I've had people over the years, I don't like Superman. I don't get Superman. I'm like, if you read mm-hmm. All-Star Superman and really pay attention to what you're reading, you will understand Superman. You will get mm-hmm. why Superman is so important. Yeah. It's a side note. It, this, this book alone is, I know for a fact, it's taught in a college course at TSTC in Waco. Yeah? Yeah. Really? There, when I was in TSTC, whenever I was right out of, uh, right out of high school, uh, I took a secondary English course, and it was from Abigail Lucader. I don't know if you know who. No. No, uh, but uh, she. Uh, we had three different books that we reviewed, and we did essays over, and All Star Superman was the first one. And that was, like, when I, when I found out that I had it, I was like, cool, I don't have to buy it because I already have it. And, man, dude. Uh, so let, let's jump in the story. Uh, oh, yeah. The uh, So the first issue opens up with uh, Superman. Oh, hold up. You got something? I have all 12 issues. What? Yes. I bought all 12 issues. I didn't understand how great it was until going back, rereading those 12 issues later, wow. or maybe two or three years later. All at one sitting. All at one sitting. Yeah. Cause that was another thing you said, 2006, 2008. So there was a huge break in the middle mm-hmm. and these books weren't hitting their schedule, but after reading it, I went and bought the absolute edition because I need it just oversized. I need to hold like a hard cover, just something, something that is more of a masterpiece quality of this story. So I like that's on my shelf and I love it. I love looking over there knowing that it's there. And that's the one that I pull out from time to time and reread, just reread. And it's such a great book. Absolutely, man. So, okay. Back to back to the so jumping into it, uh, the first episode we have Superman trying to save uh, a, a, f- a failing mission mm. to the sun from Doctor Quentin. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but yeah. uh, from from a doctor uh, who is trying to essentially get a spoonful of the sun and bring it back to uh, to Earth, but no one knew that this was uh, like Lex Luthor was like hijacking this. To have a plot against Superman to yeah. bring his more to, to yeah. kill Superman. Um, there's a, a flash forward, I believe, in the next issue. It shows uh, Lex Luthor and explaining to it that you know while he's in jail, riding away, he sees himself getting older, and he sees that Superman isn't right. So he uh, and the doctor. So it's dealing with a double mortality yeah. because Lex Luthor mm-hmm. comes to the realization first. Mm-hmm. That I'm getting older and I'm going to die and I can't leave. His arch nemesis is Superman. That's his thing. Superman came to Earth as an alien and is just leaps and bounds above regular humans. And Luke Luthor saw himself as the peak mm-hmm. human before Superman ever existed. And I think that's what like people don't realize about Lex Luthor is they think that he's just some like rich like like blood you know money hungry dude that wants i don't think it his he's more way more complex than that and i think that's why it makes him like perfect for superman to be his you know his arch nemesis because like danny said like he is not even like a monetary standpoint but his intellect his view his politics everything is like superior and for a while you would think oh like i'm just in line with Superman, like, oh, we're of course he's best to me because he's an alien, but mm-hmm. I can build this stuff. But like Danny said, now it's getting to a point where he's like, my body won't, my mind won't function the way it, his mind is 
will func- will continue to function for longer after I'm gone. Yeah. His body will continue to function longer than I'm gone, no matter how much resources I have, you know. Yeah. So that's that's the catalyst driving yeah. Lex Luthor behind uh to kind of ambush Superman on this space trip right. to the sun. Um and so he basically essentially gets too close to the sun, and mm-hmm. he obviously Superman's cells are powered by solar it's radiation, like a solar, solar battery. And he gets supercharged, and his powers, even though he is dying, his powers are supercharged. Yeah, uh, he's able to extend his bioelectric force field to extend it to the spaceship and save the people. He uh, he's you know four times stronger, but he's also uh, four times as uh, intelligent and creative and curious and things like that. So as he's you know dying, he kind of uh, starts checking off things on his bucket list. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the next episode, in episode two, is whenever he tells Lois Lane uh, that he's Superman. And this is, like I guess, a, a self-contained 12 issues where he's never told her before. Um, and, you know, she's like, she doesn't believe him. And I, there's a lot of humor in these books. And right. one, the, the, the funny, one of the funny moments to me was the key. So Superman used to have this gigantic key that he would use to open up the Fortress of Solitude. Right. And so he has this small... It looked like it, it It was this giant... Like, people who read Superman from the Golden Age yeah. will, reckon, will remember what the key looked like. It yeah. was this giant golden arrow <laughs> that was maybe a hundred times the size of Superman. And you just fly it over to this giant <laughs> keyhole and, like, turn it, physically turn it. And, yeah, the... The brilliance of the key made of the neutron star, super, star. Yeah, neutron yeah. star, it's embedded in the earth, and no one can lift it, it but, except for Superman yeah. or mm-hmm. a superpowered being on his level. Right. So, I mean, that's and did we say it at the beginning? Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison, yeah. genius, just genius yeah. writer. You know, he comes up with a lot of these ideas, and a lot of it he takes from old. Uh, Superman stories, or they they take from old Superman stories. Like so, half of it's new, very new ideas: the uh, radiation poisoning, the key, mm-hmm. the the neutron star key, and everything. But then he also there's a point where Superman throws many Supermans out of his finger. Yeah, and that's an old classic Golden Age Superman thing. You know, he used to, that was a power he had. Yeah. There were yeah. many Superman. I need to go back and read that because wow. he, I know right before that happened, he was doing something with Kandor. And I always interpreted that as like he Kandorians? Just, yeah. No. I just thought so they wait, were Kandorians. So wait, they were like solid, like yeah. materialized. Because he's like, wow. he goes to a children's hospital Shulk. and he has the, the miniature, yeah. uh, the miniature uh, Superman, uh, I guess, uh, go in there and, and, yeah. and heal. But man. Uh, th- going back to the second issue and the humor, th- so he's basically giving uh, Lois Lane a tour of the Fortress. Of- oh, they call it his secret room, but it, um, it's the Fortress of Solitude, but they don't call it the Fortress. Anyway, uh, and uh, Lois is kind of well, walking through on her own, and she examines this room that's in there. Are you good? And, uh, yeah, I'm good. And in the room, there's like a, a body of her, like, uh, like her x-ray like and all that. Pl- and yeah. she's like free. And like, it's drawn like one of those classic sci-fi, like... Uh, uh, alien abduction kind of stories where like, yeah. you know, the, uh, the damsel in distress is locked away and she's like, right. this, you know, and she thinks like, Oh God, he's, he's doing something. And then she like gets this weapon, like this kryptonite ray. And, uh, anyway, she, uh, she's panicking because she thinks that Superman is, you know, going to do some kind of experiment on her. And he is in a way. And it turns out that for her birthday, 
he's going to, uh, he made her a serum to give her his powers for a day. So for a day, she's going to be a superwoman. Yeah. Um, and I thought one of the funny moments in there was that Superman shows her this uh, time telescope. And in there, one of the Superman from the future is like fading back in as she's freaking out. And he's like, who, who, who is J-Lo? And like, it just dips out. I just thought that shit was funny. <laughs> Early 2000s humor. But anyway, um, and then uh, the third issue, I think, is whenever we have Samson and uh, Samson and Atlas mm-hmm. come in. Um, and uh, basically, Superman is trying to show Lois Lane, you know, the, the have a day in the life. And it, one of the funnier parts is also whenever uh, uh, the dinosaurs from the center of the earth emerge. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to ruin the day. And she's like, are you serious? If there wasn't a monster attack, I think I'd be cheated out or something. Mm. Yeah. I, just, I thought that was cool. And so you have like Atlas and uh, Samson there also. And then they're trying to like contest for... Uh, Lois's Lane, uh, uh, Lois's Lane's uh, affections. Lois's affections. And uh, it turns to find out they were plotting because they stole this necklace from the Great Finks and they, they, they're from the future, I think, or they're time travelers. Time travelers. They're time travelers. So they knew Superman was going to make it out of this. So they went to Superman and uh, he, th- th- like we just talked about in the yeah. beginning of the issue, uh, issue episode, uh, he uh, answers the impossible riddle or an- answers the Sphinx's riddle and uh, saves, saves Lois Lane. Um, what I a little nod, I do think uh, I, Grant Morrison did another Grant Morrison thing by adding in some right. really cool like real world psychological stuff with uh, Schrodinger's cat thing, mm, uh, yeah. having her in a temporal state of both uh-huh. alive and dead. I thought that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know from there, um, what's that episode four or five? Um, I think I just lost my track. Oh God! Don't you give me that look? No, I'm no, not. His. We're waiting for you to. Pop. We're waiting for you to get to catch up. Like your four or five. Because uh, six is the one I can't remember four or five right now. Uh, six is the one where uh, it's like a, a time travel story where they go to uh, back to Smallville whenever mm-hmm. uh, John Kent dies. And I was going to say that's my and, favorite. And in that, yeah, in that episode, he uh, runs into multiple Supermen uh, of different. Dimensions, futures, futures. Yeah. There's a makes you spit lick Superman. Yeah. There's the Superman one million. Yeah. There's the bandaged negative Superman, the like, unknown Superman, the unknown mm-hmm. Superman. Yeah, uh, you know, and and he's having this conversation with all of them, and uh, he travels and manages to find this golden rose, and lays it as at his father's. Nope, I'm looking right at it. No, no, no. So here's what happens. So uh, they, uh, so this is a, a flashback. So this is a young Superman who has the future Superman show up, and this Chronovore thing is a, is there. And so they're trying to handle it, but Superman, our Superman, is being headstrong, saying that he can do it on his own, or he can he can help. But they're like, you know, yeah. you you don't need to be here right now, not knowing that uh, there was another conversation going on with the unknown Superman talking with Pa Kent, right? Yeah. So at the end of the fight, we learned that the unknown Superman was actually the, the our main world Clark that had to disguise himself to go back in time to make sure the events happened as he remembered him. So the unknown Superman that was having a conversation with Pa Kent was Clark Kent from the main storyline. So at the end of it, 
Superman was like trying to, the, the Superman of the future were trying to stop Clark so that way he'd have time to go see his uh, his uh, his father before he died but he was being too headstrong too arrogant and he got there too late right but at the same time they went back in time so that way Superman of now that as he was dying would have the chance to have the conversation with his father so he has a dying conversation with his dad at the same time uh, it, it's, it's a circle. It's this a f- is completely not what I was talking about, though. Oh. Because the Superman from the sun, which is also from the future, brings our Superman, the golden, golden rose. Yeah, but you said he goes out and finds at, it. He finds it by, being, by it being brought to him. Whatever. Fair. Okay. So that he could lay it at his father's grave. Is that what I said or is that what I said? What the fuck did I say? Run the tape. It's a version. Run the tape. Run the tape. What did I say? Just, he had the rose (laughs) to lay at his father's grave. You went on this whole fucking tirade about Superman, past, Superman, future. Fuck out of here. Superman blue, Superman red. I wish you guys were in here with us. (laughs) I wish you guys were in here with us. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure, Joseph? <laughs> no, Joey's Joey's argument was very informative, but I was talking about the rose because you yeah. know that's that's the significant part of that story. How yeah. it ends. Because yeah, he had the he went back to have the conversation mm-hmm. with his dad, but our Superman missed it, but he was still able to gift him that rose. Yep. You know, and it's a special rose because it was brought to him by himself yeah. from the sun. So it's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Like a lot of the premise in here, very cool ideas, you know, just, and I don't. It just kind of brings Superman full circle, I feel like. Yeah. As far as just what he's always struggled with, like being his detached, humanity. being detached, his humanity, being detached from Krypton, you know what I mean? Like being detached from something that he knows he's a part of, that he has, you know, the rightful heir to whatever, like, you know. I don't know that any other writer would have handled this. Any of these topics, ideas, uh, as subtly as he, d- you know, he just he handled them so smoothly. I think, yeah. mm-hmm. I think uh, any other writer might have clunkily, really gone in, and, you know, kind of forced a bunch of square pegs into round holes. I think even like Jonathan Hickman would have forced stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like Grant Morrison had this very like microscopic thing on Superman, like where he didn't really have to like. I'll kind of bring in this other character so people know what I'm talking about, yeah. or I'll bring in this other element of the universe, the DC universe that people know what I'm talking about. He just kind of focused so in to really get into the depth of Superman that he didn't have to, you know, Jonathan would be, oh, let's tie it in with this other storyline or this other yeah, character. Man. You know what I mean? Kind of 12 issues. You can just right. read them, and even some of them, like the number, like the sixth issue, you can read that on its own, and it stands out mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, after uh, after number six, you know, we go, we dive right back. And, you know, it's it's crazy how you can have like a heart hitting story like that, and then follow up with just it feels like a regular storyline. Yeah. Because after that one, I think Superman deals with Black yeah. Kryptonite, and Black Kryptonite, I think, is the one that makes him kind of uh, evil, in a way. He like uh he like because I know he like trying to attack people, and then that's whenever Jimmy Olsen, uh. Oh, this, uh, becomes the doomsday. like doomsday to yeah. stop him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so, um, and there's a really cool moment where in there, and I think this is a really cool testament to, you know, the effect that Superman has, uh, you know, there's a moment where Jimmy Olsen, after he saves Superman from his episode of black kryptonite, um, he, uh, there's people starting to gather 
And Jimmy's like, I, f- I forget who shows up, but Jimmy's like, make sure they don't see him like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's doing what he can to save Superman. So Superman is inspiring. So you have all these aspects of Superman, what makes Superman himself. Right. And you have all these things prevalent into the story, and it's just it's amazing. Yeah. And then and that's uh, only the seventh issue. And then, yeah. And another thing I want to talk about is like the imagery in this book because. You know, Superman has always been like a colossal mass figure in the in the DC universe, right? He can always fly and lift buildings and lift people. You look at a lot of these panels like that Frank quietly drew and that they probably like, you know, worked on together, him and Grant Morrison. And Superman's very grounded. He's very walking everywhere. He's very um, you know, it's almost like he's like he's he, as f- the more that the book goes on, he gets more like he's feeling more tired, but not you can't sense it, right? He's more, like Danny said, his humanity is showing more. Like here, this this last issue, he's like hiking up a hill, or hiking up the mountain with them. Like that's something you don't see in Superman a lot because he's always he's always big, he's always levitating, he's always kind of like this. Is that's an example of uh, of Grant Morrison being able to do it smoothly. Mm-hmm. Whereas I remember J. Michael Straczynski did the Superman Walks Across America. Oh, yeah. And that uh, was... Superman Unchained? That, that wasn't Superman. It was just no. like a regular Superman book where he just walked. He wanted. He just oh. wanted to walk mm-hmm. to reconnect with humanity. And it was handled... Like, it just wasn't handled well. It wasn't written well. It was... The premise doesn't sound good. It was... For, it felt very forced. Well, yeah. yeah. It felt very forced. Whereas with... Morrison, it happens subtly. You just, like Mondo said, you just kind of notice it happening little by little Mm -hmm. until it becomes kind of the thing at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the reason, I think the reason at the end is because uh, doesn't Luthor hit him with some kind of power Mm -hmm. dampening ray or something and simultaneously injecting himself with the Superman powers for the day? That's right. That, I think, yeah, um, that ending... For the book was also very pivotal. I think it's very pivotal. Anyway, there's a there's a scene towards like issue eight, episode eight, where the girl is about to jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like talking to her and stuff, and he shows up behind her. Oh my god! Like she's alone yeah. on on the top of the skyscraper, and she's yeah. just about to jump, and the empathy. The empathy that God. that is Superman. Yeah, he just shows up and talks her down from the ledge. Like, please don't, because you are, you are important. You know, you may not feel it, but you are. You felt like he, because he knows he's going through something, and it's like he's also like, I, like he's kind of telling her like, the like you said the empathy. He's not saying like, yeah, I'm going through something too, so I know how you feel. He's just literally like, just don't. Yeah, you know, like you feel that that presence there. That's intense. And and speaking of intensity, as we wrap up to the end of the, the like the final three issues, the final two issues. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, whenever Lex Luthor is going through his the uh, the final acts of his plan, and he does get the powers, and he does. So uh, Lex Luthor breaks into the uh, the Fortress of Solitude, and he steals the serum that gave Lois her powers, mm-hmm. and he's managed to take the rest of whatever was left. And hoard them for himself, and he's injected himself, and now he's terrorizing Metropolis, trying to kill Superman, and he's raided some of like some of his armory. Yeah, yeah, and 
just attacking Superman. But while he's attacking Superman, Superman's powers grow on Lex Luthor. You know, he doesn't realize that there's more to just the flight and the strength and the heat vision. There's also like the, the, the cosmic awareness that Superman has where, because he can see molecules and atoms and see how everything works together to create where to create existence, you know, and that kind of hits Luthor. Like, wait a minute, like in the middle of his attack, he stops and says, wait, I can see it. You know, he says, it's all beautiful. It's or all beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Like I get it. I get, cause Superman gives him the speech is like, you know, you could have, you could have saved the world at any time. You could have done this a million times over. You've always had the resources, but you've always been petty and selfish. You could have done this any time you wanted. And that's when Lex Luthor makes a realization like, oh, it's all connected. We are all connected. And that, I think, when I read this, I was coming out of, like, a lot of kidney stuff and just dealing with that. And yeah. that hit, like, that has always stuck with me since. Like, everything's connected. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I, I can't see the molecules, but I know in this world, in this planet, in this galaxy in this universe everything works together like quantum mechanics you know string theory all this stuff works together there's no me without you there's no you without him yeah no him without all of us you know and and it's beautiful the way grant morrison writes it Mm -hmm. but then superman also fucks him over because he hits hits him with a gravity gun He hits Lex Luthor with a gravity gun. And Lex Luthor's like, what's that supposed to do? He hasn't gotten to the Superman. Like, he's he's smart. That's like the perfect, like, even talking about it, I feel like I'm reading the story. Because it's like a mind shift. Like, you're like, damn, this is deep. Yeah. Maybe they'll come together (laughs) to be friends and change the world. And it's Superman. Superman Got his glizzy. Got that glizzy on him. (laughs) He hit him with the gravity gun. And and Luthor's like, what's this supposed to do? And Superman's trying to tell him, like... Don't you get it? Gravity and time work together. The heavier gravity, the faster time moves. I'm making you super heavy, super dense right now. So you're 24, because these serums only last for 24 hours. So that you will burn through that serum. Your 24-hour aura is sped up now. Yeah, And that that single moment right there showed, for me, was like the perfect cherry on top that added those two characters' dichotomies Mm -hmm. to Clash. Because... Right then, they were swapped. Luther had all the power. Yeah. Clark at the moment, or Superman at the moment, was just normal. He was losing his powers. He's still a better human yeah. being yeah. than Lex Luthor. Exactly. He's still outsm- he's so cool. He's a better Lex Luthor than Lex Luthor. He, he outcunned him. Cunned, cunning? Out. 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 Okay. That's really close. To, never mind. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> he outsmarted him. There you that's go. the word. That's the word. I was, that's, yeah. He outsmarted him. <laughs> Shut the. Joey's a writer. He's, you know, he's, a, he's supposed to be the wordsmith. I make shit I'm gonna, up. A lot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to edit him in real time too now. Dude, oh my gosh. I gotta look up and make sure that's a word. Uh, but it, it, it's, it was so cool because, you know, it at the very end of it, Superman's mortality, he's facing it and he's still the best of us. 
and Dude, it just it's, it's everything about this book is just like I think really good. Yeah, it's really good. And then we end with uh, the Sun Eater. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The Sun Eater. There's a Sun Eater that's released into the that Luthor Superman's pet. Oh, that's right. Solaris. Mm-hmm. Luthor has made a deal with Solaris to turn the sun red, depower Superman. So that's all going on while Luthor has his powers set. And then Superman out outwits him. Yeah. There you go. Outwits him. <laughs> and then figuring out that it's been Solaris. Solaris is a computerized sun artificial from the sun? future. Artificial sun from the future, from like the 30th century or some <laughs> shit like that. And Superman releases his pet sun eater, who's just a, a, a baby, an infant, yeah. an infant, as help to defend against Solaris to clear up. Because the other part of turning the sun red is also depleting like the planet uh, and damaging the sun. And it'll cause the sun to burn out, to die out. Uh, Solaris destroys the Sun Eater, which is sad. It's very sad because you because earlier throughout the series you see Superman feeding I mean, yeah. it and caring for him, you know, like a, like a pet, like a like a child. Um, but it, the Sun Eater sacrificed Blows him himself. Up, yeah, sa- sacrificed himself to help Superman because he knew Superman was good. Um, Superman does beat Solaris, but the Sun's been irrevocably damaged. And so Superman decides to fly directly into the heart of the sun to repair whatever damage has been and essentially just die, just kill, kind of kill himself. And the, f- the final image of this book, still to this day, I still don't know what's going on, but I, I know what's going on, but I don't know what it means. He's in the sun and he has like, he's turning, it looks like he's like an old clockwork thing. And he's like turning this, uh, this big mechanical thing inside of the sun. Yeah, I, I still don't know what that means. But also at the same time, I, 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 I'm interpreting that as a nod to him, you know, beginning his journey to become Superman one million eventually. You know, well, it's the yeah, not the Superman one million, but the Superman who lives in the sun at the time of yeah. the Superman one million. Yeah, um, I think it's just it's just for us to as a representation of him working inside of the sun because you see like it's it's he's like pulling a gear or something yeah, something yeah. some kind of heavy gear a really it's, cool image yeah it's very cool um so that's how it's an easy interpretation for us to understand oh he's inside the sun working if you just if you would have just put that on paper write that down superman working in the sun fixed to fix it you'd have a hell of a time trying to come up with an image yeah. for that so I think that it's just a really simplified version of them able to do that. Yeah. So great story. Absolutely. If you haven't read it, go out and read it. If you have read it, go out and read it again. I love it. So. And with that, um, let's take a break. Yeah. All right. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, 
hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. fantastic new podcast to tell you about bros foes and heroes it's the two of us looking into the world of comics breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of and some that are just absolutely ridiculous yeah so zach comes up with a character each time and uh, i go into it just completely blind i don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything and and basically i guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. Frozen, <laughs> Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, Heroes, gonna tell you about... Welcome back to the Longbox Podcast presented by DeLaNina.co, where passion for Hispanic culture and artwork come together in beautiful custom handmade clay jewelry. So make sure you head over to DeLaNina.co over on Instagram and check them out. Yay! Hey! There we go. It's been there some pretty go. cool stuff on there. Yeah. We're getting better at this, guys. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. So, uh, wrapping up, thoughts about All-Star Superman? Uh, if, if there ever was such a thing as a perfect comic book, this is that for me. I I don't have any critiques for this book. I, I read it again today because I had time. And whenever I read it, there's still some things that, you know, I learned from it, and there's some things that I, I'm going to take away from it from today, like just the, the connectivity of all of us, the uh, facing of mortality. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I am scared of death. I had my little brush of it whenever I was 18, mm-hmm. and yeah. I am still to this day terrified of thinking mm-hmm. of it. When I read this today, it was so cathartic to me, yeah. and it was a weight lifted. And for a comic book to be able to do that, it's incredible. This is a must read for anybody that says they want to read comics or get into comics or have read comics. This All-Star Superman is it. Yeah. Definitely sets um, the bar. I think uh, I, I think I had the same uh, kind of uh, takeaway with the whole death thing. Like, I, I I will face it, but I'm scared of it. You know, anytime uh, anytime I'm at the doctors or in the hospital or whatever. Like uh, this past April, I was in the hospital and they were like, "Do you have an NDA?" I'm like, "No, you do everything, <laughs> you can. everything in your power to save me." Everything. That's not an option. Yeah, that's no, yeah, that's not an option. If you have to cut out your own kidney and give it to me, you damn well better. So. 
I'm paying this yeah. insurance. You right? signed an oath, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, for exactly. real. For real, dude. So, Mondo, what about you? Man, artistically, just to piggyback on what you said, it's a good way for people who into other forms of art, like, you know, writing, poetry, you know, actual fine art, whatever, to kind of mesh these two worlds of your love for comics and your love for art. The imagery is great. The story is so deep, um, so touching, especially to people who have experienced anything like that. Um, Superman with a short cape all day long. I love Superman with a short cape. Oh, yeah. Like, that's like the like, right at the calves? Yes, right at the calves, dude. Perfect. Yeah. Like, that's like my favorite, uh, you know, iconic version. Love Frank Quietly. I think in this book, Frank Quietly also designed the cape to mimic the S shape, the shield. Yes, because so like it comes. When, yes. So it, it comes to a point. Right. At and the, it At the back. And it just gives him like this. You know, it's very uh, shrouded. It's very like over his shoulders. It's very like this regal kind of Real, sense yeah. of like, you know, he's not like, obviously he's not like the president or the king, but it gives a sense of like that. He's finally come full circle. He's not steel. Yeah, he's not steel. That was one episode yeah. ago. <laughs> but he's kind of come full circle where he's like, you know, I've done what I kind of needed to do on earth and be this presence, but also I'm not like any kind of like official figure, right? Yeah. People just kind of, yeah. you know, like Danny says, uh, always a sign of hope, you know what I mean? And so that it's just a very moving, deep story. For sure. It's great. It's great. So, all right, y'all. All Star Superman, you guys got to read it. Let's get into some shout outs. Uh, I'll, I'll lead off, make sure I don't forget this time. Uh, shout out to my wife uh, for everything. Shout out to Mason. Uh, shout out to the kids' yeah. stays in the podcast. I see you guys back there. Thank hey. y'all for letting us go over one yeah. minute on our time. Uh, Mondo, Danny, who you guys got? Uh, shout out to my wife as usual. Shout out to my kiddos as usual. Um, shout out to all the local stuff going on in town, uh, Rogue Media here, as well, all the other podcasts. Um, yeah, you guys man. going? You guys gonna be at the Dia de los Muertos thing? Yep, uh, I'll be at the. I'm going cool. to the, the one in Temple. So, oh fancy! But I'll be in LA. So, Ooh, peace yeah. out, peace, peace out, out y'all. Why not? Come Shout back. out Dustin. Yeah. Shout out Dusty Weens. Hey. The Weenus. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank y'all. y'all for Shout out to my wife. <laughs> oh wow! You just cut me off, bro. You just cut me off. Way cut to go, off. Oscar. Yeah, yeah, dang. Shout out to my wife. Shout out to Dustin <laughs> Wings. We'll see you in a few weeks out in Cali. Uh, shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to yeah. Rogue Media. Shout out to Mason for hooking us up. Remember that bit of info from earlier. Yay. Yeah. And shout out to Kids and Stays in the podcast. We see you guys. Uh, we're going to clear the air and get out of your ray. So uh, we'll see you guys next time. That's right. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace out. Dang, those were really two good episodes. Be sure to hit the like button, subscribe, and tune in every other week to see what we have to say. Um, you can find us on social media. You can find Joey at Joey Gonzalez. Um, you can find me at Armando Ramirez underscore art. And you can find Danny at Imaginary Heroics. And you can find Plus Waco Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Plus Waco Comics. Excelsior. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> Throw a couple of them in there. Curse you, Richards. I don't know. <laughs>